sing touch me deep inside the day the music dies Uh, don't expect me to sing his song. <laughs> I can barely speak. <laughs> This is the Ruben Report. It's February 15th, 2024. As always, live streaming on Rumble Locals and YouTube. Share, subscribe, tap that notification bell, all that stuff. And do join us for the post-game show and help keep this show independent. That's right, I have no boss. Well, there's two little kids inside that are running around that are pretty much my bosses, but I have no adult bosses. Uh, thanks to you guys, RubenReport.Locals.com. Before we get to it today, I do want to note that Connor has COVID right now. He is sick as a dog. He's sneezing, he's coughing, he's hacking up a lung, but he's here at work, working hard. We are in a closed door room here, about six of us, probably doing a super spreader situation, but we're here in Florida. Nobody in this room is vaxxed and we're gonna be just fine. That's the video they're gonna use at my trial, probably. But I do wanna give a special shout out to Connor because he's really not feeling well and he's plowing through. You got tea, you got tea. He's got tea, he's got tissues, He's he's got cough drops, and we'll see what happens. But anyway, if you hear somebody hacking up a lung or a, like, so, like a sudden crash in the middle of the show, he probably uh, slipped into a coma or something. But we're, we, just, we just love doing a show for you guys. So here we are. Uh, we have a big show for you. I'm excited about this one uh, because Brett Weinstein, my friend Brett Weinstein, who of course uh, was originally a professor uh, of biology at Evergreen State, the most lefty college in the United States of America, up there in crazy Washington state. You guys all know the story about him. They were uh, having a day where white students were not gonna be allowed to come to campus to basically, uh, that was their way of bowing at the altar of neo-racism or whatever you wanna call it. Uh, Brett and his wife, Heather Hying, who was also a professor at Evergreen, they said, um, this is actually kind of racist to tell kids that they can't come to class just based on the color of their skin. And they got hounded, literally, quite literally, hunted and hounded off campus students with baseball bats and a whole bunch more. Uh, in the end, I would say it was good because it really elevated Brett's voice into the national conversation. Uh, and I think he's become one of the clearest, cleanest thinkers we've got, especially in light of uh, COVID and all of the other craziness happening in the world. So Brett went, he made two big appearances this week. He went on Joe Rogan and then he went on Alex Jones, which was a bit surprising, but I think he's just trying to go wherever he can get people to listen to him. Uh, and he's really connecting, I think, some of the dots between COVID, between immigration, between the WEF and the powers that be, and how they are all sort of coalescing around controlling you. Uh, so we're gonna show a couple of his appearances. We're gonna connect that to some stuff with Elon Musk, what's happening with immigration and a whole bunch more. But before we do that, let me talk to you guys about Tax Network USA. Guys, the old ta uh, back taxes, pandemic relief is over, along with the hiring of thousands of new agents and field officers, the IRS has kicked off 2024 by sending over 5 million pay-up letters to those who have unfiled tax returns or balances owed. Did Hunter ever pay those taxes? Do we know about that? Mm -hmm. Unless your name's Biden, you're screwed. Uh, don't waive your rights and speak with them on your own. They are not your friends. Tax Network USA, a trusted tax relief firm, has saved over a billion dollars in back taxes 
for their clients and they can help you secure the best deal possible. Whether you owe 10,000 or 10 million, they can help you. Whether it's business or personal taxes, even if you have the means to pay or you are on a fixed income, they can finally resolve your tax burdens once and for all. Call 1-800-245-6000 for a private free consultation or visit tnusa.com slash Dave. Okay, so let's just dive right into it. So Brett Weinstein, went on Joe Rogan's show. Joe Rogan, I don't know if you've heard of him, little podcaster, he's doing the best he can. He's out there, little little operation, couple views. Uh, and they were talking about how the elites are actually planning to destroy the known world and how perhaps they're playing a bit with fire as they try to get us into their world where we'll own nothing and be happy. That's sort of their end goal. Uh, but maybe, maybe it's a mistake to do that but to not appreciate the parts of the puzzle that nobody's expert at, right? You're, they're dealing with complex systems layered upon each other. The ability to disrupt that stuff in a way that it stops functioning such that even the elites who make this happen are not going to like the world that they're going to create. They may not even be able to live in it, right? That's the, the biggest concern I have, right? right. If, if I thought that they were diabolical but knew what they were doing, then my sense is, well, all right, we're in for a bad hundred years, and that's terrible, but that's not extinction, right? I think we're actually headed for extinction because I think these people have no idea what they're playing with. They do not understand what needs to be preserved in order to keep the world functional enough for them to live in. How is that conversation not taking place? That's what doesn't make sense to me. Well, is it coming from a place where they never feel like they're ever going to go back to poverty or to any sort of chaotic world that could that we could envision if everything falls apart? Okay, so we'll get to Brett's answer on that in a bit more in just a second. But I think it's it's important to note what he's talking about there, you know, because one of the things I talk about on this show all the time is that I'm not a burn it all down guy. We have all sorts of problems. In the United States, every country's got their own problems. States have their own problems, cities have their own problems, all of those things. But when you burn it down, when he's talking about systems that are layered on top of each other, there were great people over many generations in the 250 year history of America who built this thing. Like for the most part, despite all of our problems, despite all of the craziness with immigration in the last couple of years, the fact that we don't prosecute crimes in certain states, all of the problems, you guys get what the problems are. Despite all of that, it's pretty good here. For the most part, when you turn on your faucet, water does come out. That is a relatively new thing for humans, right? You turn on, you open up your computer and you're connected to the internet and it all basically works. It doesn't mean they're not censoring certain things. But there are many, many systems here underneath your house or your apartment where you're watching this right now, the sewer systems and the water systems. There are all of these things that it took great people, great people who were also just average people building things, right? You think back to those pictures of the, of the guys standing on the skyscrapers without even a freaking helmet in the 1920s in New York City building incredible buildings. Like they were incredible people because they were just doing what they had to do. And they were also just very average people because that's what people did at the time. So Brett's talking about these layers of systems that as the WEF people, as the the globalists and the elites who are ushering in all of these new people who are saying don't laws don't matter, we're gonna punish good people and take from them and give to others. They are upending all of the good stuff. And that's, I think, probably why 
we all feel so crazy these days because everything that is bad is be, is being told to us that it is good and everything that is good is being thrown away. And Brett's point is, if these people had a, had a real plan, a real plan, then okay, maybe we get a hundred years of badness and that would not be great. But his fear is they're not that competent actually. They are tinkering with things they cannot understand. When, jo when John Kerry goes, and you know all the hypocrisy around him with climate, but when they tell you, okay, we're gonna just put these artificial numbers related to CO2 and everything else, we're going to do that for industrial for countries that are trying to go through industrial revolutions and everything else, and they're gonna freeze people, other people will die for diseases that they will come out with, disease X that they're talking about, we'll get to more on that in a second. They are, they are tinkering with the very nature of the reality that we all live in, and that is a problem. So what is Brett talking about? Well, they are trying to drive us into a new world that will merge our physical bodies, our digital beings, and technology, quite literally, we're gonna have robot arms, and they're telling us that's what they wanna do. Here's Klaus Schwab himself. Um, I think we have to be prepared for a world where we see a fusion of our physical, our digital, and our biological uh, dimensions. So it will be a world integrating the physical, biological, and um, see uh, di uh, digital dimensions. So it will be a new world. And um, I'm looking for a minister in 10 years, uh, probably it will be completely different from what it is now. But we have, as you also mentioned in your speech, I think we have to remain optimists. Oh, well, thank you. At least we have to remain optimists as you drive us into the dystopian future that literally every sci-fi movie for the last 80 years has been about, right? That right there is like the warning scene in a zombie movie, right? Like where there's a, you know, if you remember the movie uh, I Am Legend, there's an opening scene with the scientist being like, we cured cancer, we did it, it's really great, we really did it. And then, then they just flash to black for a second and then it's like five years later and the zombies have taken over, right? And that's kind of where we're at with these people right now. He, I'm glad that he's excited about the future, that, that's nice, but why do we have to follow you into that future, right? Like now that we know that the beauty of this, the beauty of technology, and again, I'm not against technology, I say that all the time, it's a tool just like a hammer, a hammer can help you build a house and a hammer can also, you can also whack somebody in the head with a hammer and kill them who does not deserve to die. So this is just a tool like that, fire, fire good, warms you up, that's nice. Also can burn down your house, that's a problem. Why do we have to follow you into this world where we will combine the physical, that's our bodies, the biological, now they will know all of our biological markers and they might be able to occasionally just release, uh, say, viruses that then they also actually are the ones who profit on all of the quote unquote vaccines for. And then also it'll be digital. Do you think that's interesting? The fact that they've been pushing us so far, why is it that Facebook is putting billions and billions of dollars so that you can follow Mark Zuckerberg, who's not even a human being in the first place, into his metaverse, right? Why is Apple pushing Apple Vision Pro so that we'll all walk around with these things on our heads and be half in the real world and half in the other world? All you have to do is watch Ready Player One or read the book, actually. I need to reread it. I haven't read it for about 20 years. But, but at the end of Ready Player One, sorry to blow it for you, they realize, oh, being in a digital world that's highly controlled, not the best thing all the time. All right, let's continue. Uh, the director of the WHO, uh, Tedros, uh, is uh, also saying that they did not do 
the very things that we know they did to us, like mandate vaccines and force people to stay in their homes and everything else. So they're having their they have a big conference, which is just wrapping up. They are just they are telling us what they are about to do. That is what Brett is trying to warn us about. Uh, and here they are explaining that they didn't take away anyone's freedoms during those three crazy years of COVID. The second major barrier is the litany of lies and conspiracy theories about the agreement that it's a power grab by the World Health Organization, that it will be, it will cede sovereignty to WHO, that it will give WHO power to impose lockdowns or vaccine mandates on countries, that it's an attack on freedom, that WHO will not allow people to travel, and that WHO wants to control people's lives. These are some of the lies that are being spread. If they weren't, if these lies weren't so dangerous, these lies would be funny. But they put the health of the world's people at risk. And that is no laughing matter. These claims are utterly, completely, categorically false. Everything that that man just claimed we lie about is what they lie about. They are the ones. It was the WHO and the, their connections with the World Economic Forum and the people at the NIH and Fauci and all of the globalists who were pushing for lockdowns, which is why we had lockdowns all over the world, right? And countries were working with each other to figure it out. And it was all BS. I, again, I am in a room right now with all unvaxxed people and patient zero over here. I'm pretty sure we're all gonna be okay. If you croak on me, I am gonna be pinned. <laughs> um, they coordinate all these things and then they tell you they're the only ones who have the solution. They're the ones who all magically come up with the vaccines and they all sit on the vaccine boards and they all make a whole shit ton of cash on it. And they also have the pharmaceutical companies paying you for the news and you know all of the stuff. But I love it how they pretend, they pretend they did not do the things that we know they did. I know everyone's brains and memories have been blown apart by iPhones and endless scrolling and all of those things, but it, we do still have some ability to remember some stuff, I think. You remember when Joe Biden announced vaccine mandates and he was gonna fire a whole bunch of people or force companies to fire a whole bunch of people? I remember. With COVID cases surging and deaths now five times higher than just a month ago, President Biden is requiring tens of millions more Americans to get vaccinated. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin and your refusal has cost all of us. This is not about freedom or personal choice. It's about protecting yourself and those around you. If you want to work with the federal government and do business with us, get vaccinated. Evil, it gets more evil over time, right? And, and now knowing that that man has dementia and is still supposedly in, in charge of the United States, it's actually psychotic. But then he forced, they literally forced millions of people to be injected with an experimental vaccine that was not a vaccine that they did not want if they wanted to keep their job, right? As you guys know, the reason, the, the, at the end, the, like the last moment, we were all under the pressures that we were all under to get vaccines. 
the last moment that I did decided not to do it was because I was sitting in a room with a couple guys and I and the idea that I would be able to as their employee tell them what they could inject they had to inject themselves with is completely psychotic but that's what these people did and it's not about your freedoms yes it is about our freedoms uh, but then they seed the other thing that they do is they constantly seed the news with propagandists and liars uh, one of my favorite propagandists and liars this woman should be in jail if there was any justice in the world, this woman would be rotting in a cell somewhere and we'd never see her again. However, I'm going to show you a clip of her. Remember Leanna Wen, who was all over CNN? Uh, remember this one? This one. It's not about our freedoms. Take a look. But I think that there are many more people, millions of people who, for whatever reason, have concerns about the vaccine, who just don't know what's in it for them. And we need to make it clear to them that the vaccine is the ticket back to pre-pandemic life. And the window to do that is really narrowing. I mean, you were mentioning, Chris, about how all these states are reopening. They're reopening at 100 percent. And we have a very narrow window to tie reopening policy to vaccination status, because otherwise, if everything is reopened, then what's the carrot? going to be? How are we going to incentivize people to actually get the vaccine? So that's why I think the CDC and the Biden administration needs to come out a lot bolder and say, if you're vaccinated, you can do all these things. Here are all these freedoms that you have, because otherwise people are going to go out and enjoy these freedoms anyway. Yeah. You remember all that? It was the ticket back to freedom. How evil, evil, and it turned out not to be a vaccine. It didn't stop you get from getting COVID or spreading COVID or anything else. And we now know that there are all sorts of vaccine injuries and people, everyone in there, every single one of you watching this right now knows people that have been getting sicker more, just weird things popping up. We know the rates of cancer are increasing. Like there's just so much. So you might be watching this and going, Dave, why, why are we doing the COVID thing again? Like why, what's the point? The point is they are bringing it back. And it's not just that they're bringing it back. They will bring other versions of it back or, or things that are just sort of ancillarily related to what they learned, how far they can push us and everything else. Here's Tedros again explaining that, yes, disease X is coming back there. They got COVID-2 planned and a whole bunch more. Disease X, it's um, attracting a lot of attention. And I hope you have seen in the social media. Um, but it's not a new idea. Um, the first time we used the terminology was in 2018. There are things that are unknown that may happen. And anything happening is a matter of when, not if. So we need to have a placeholder for that, for the disease we don't know that may come. And that was when we gave the name disease X. You, you may even call COVID as the first disease X. And it may happen again. Oh, how crazy. COVID was the first disease X because they're just planning for things that might happen because anything that can happen will happen, right? I understand the precept, the notion behind that, but they just have a whole bunch of plans to figure out how they can inject you with stuff and lock you in your house and break society and break brains and everything else. And they've got a whole bunch of plans for that. And by the way, uh, when we tell you that it's everybody else who's the conspiracy theories and everything, well, actually, we're kind of telling you. We're, we're, they're not, you're t on one hand, you're telling us we're conspiracy theorists, and on the other hand, you're telling us that the stuff that you just did to us, you didn't do, and you're planning it again. Like, pick one, you freaks. 
Anyway, we'll get to how this is now getting worse and worse in our country itself, because yes, they do want a globalist world, uh, but for the moment, we can at least perhaps defend our own borders, maybe. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second. Let me talk to you guys about 7075 coffee. Guys, on a scale of one to 10, how much do you hate bad coffee? For me, it's an 11. And that's why I'm so excited to introduce you guys to a company revolting against crappy coffee, 1775 Coffee Company. In 1775, the world awakened to a new era, and now 1775 Coffee Company is bringing you a coffee that embodies that revolutionary spirit. Crafted with passion and precision, our beans are ethically and exclusively sourced from the finest coffee farms of Bolivia. 1775's Coffee Company Farm to Cup journey ensures the highest quality, authenticity, and sustainability from start to finish. With each sip, your palate will recognize, appreciate the dedication and passion that goes into crafting this single-sourced brew. 1775 Coffee Company takes pride in offering customers a truly exceptional coffee experience with their premium coffee collection, but their dedication to this revolution extends beyond the realm of taste. Safeguarding freedom of speech is critical right now, which is why 1775 Coffee has joined forces with Rumble in defense of one of our most fundamental rights, freedom of speech, coffee that's sure to awaken all senses, including sense of freedom. Choose 7075 coffee by going to 1775coffee.com slash Ruben and using code Ruben for 10% at checkout on your first order. 1775 coffee, brewed to perfection, crafted with revolution, and now back to me. Okay, so let's dive into where we started. Brett went on a couple of these shows. We're gonna throw you back to Brett on Rogan talking about how, okay, the World Economic Forum, all of these guys, they did all this crazy stuff with COVID that lasted for like three years. Now we seem to be, at least from an American perspective, in the midst of this migrant madness, right? The, the Europe, especially Western Europe, went through this a couple of years ago. Eastern Europe went through it before that. Now they're reversing it and protecting their borders. Poland and Hungary, France, Spain, England, et cetera, Germany, they wish they had only done it a little bit better. Meanwhile, we're watching these people just flood our borders right now. Uh, check out this clip, this is wild. Uh, Brett talking about how actually we are bringing in these people, we have no idea who they are, and we're not only figuring out how we can make them citizens, but also um, could we give them guns and make them part of our military? There are other hypotheses that are darker. There is talk about the possibility of trading citizenship for military service. I think that's a very frightening prospect, but it, I didn't invent the idea. It has been discussed. And the problem is that to the extent that we saw things like the vaccine mandate drive out the skeptics from the military, this process would also bring in a lot of people into military service who would have more reason to follow immoral orders than uh, a citizen soldier who had been American their whole life. In other words, if the if the power structure is granting you citizenship, which you want in exchange for your obedience, then what is it that would cause you to say no? So if you wanted a force that was capable of um, acting on behalf of tyranny against Americans, than a force that doesn't have a deep history with the rights of being an American, that doesn't have a long-standing allegiance to people within the country, that force would be uh, potentially more compliant. So if you imagine in my naive state a few years ago, the idea was, well, you have a very well-armed populace. You have a military that's likely to be divided about immoral orders. 
I don't like the sound of that, but I don't think that it's a slam dunk that the tyrants win because the the part of the military that's not going to follow immoral orders and the citizenry that will fight to defend the republic, that's a pretty powerful force. But then you have vaccine mandates, which force out most of the people who are independent-minded from the military. And then you have the idea that migrants might be granted citizenship uh, in exchange for military service. Okay, that's a lot. There's some dark stuff there, and you might be going, come on, that's just a crazy theory. We're not going to trade citizenship for enlisting in the military. We don't know who these people are. How could we let them in the military? Well, actually, we're kind of doing it. Yeah, here's a headline from the AP. Join the military, become a U.S. citizen. Uncle Sam wants you and who and two. And yeah, we have a little bit more information about this. This is from the Veterans for New Americans non-citizens in the U.S. military fact sheet. This is real stuff. What are the requirements for non-citizens to join the U.S. military? To join the U.S. military, non-citizens must be living permanently and legal in the United States. But you're a non-citizen in the first place. That means you're not legal. Non-citizens must also have permission to work in the United States, possess a one, an I-551 permanent residence card, uh, have obtained a high school diploma and speak English. How many non-citizens currently serve in the U.S. military? Between 1999 and 2010, approximately 80,000 non-citizens joined the U.S. military force. Uh, one most recent data from the Department of Defense showed that 24,000 non-citizens were on active duty in 2012, with 5,000 legal permanent residents enlisting in the U.S. military force each year. You know, it's interesting because one of the things that we talk about all the time is how when the Democrats talk about the crisis at the border, they're always like, oh, we just need to figure out more ways to give them work. We have to get more judges to help get them legal and all of those things. And it's like, okay, well, first off, I, I don't believe in that premise, generally speaking, because I don't think we should just have an open border and just figure out ways to integrate everybody. But if that is your argument, you can see how then it leads to a whole bunch of people joining the military. And again, we don't know what they believe, what their intentions are, anything else. Brett brings up a couple other interesting points, which are because of the crazy vaccine mandates, which were in, you know pushed by the WHO and everything else, even though they said they didn't do that and they wouldn't do that sort of thing, uh, a certain amount of independent-minded people are no longer going to the military. They're no longer going to the police force, right? Then the good, decent Americans who join the military, well, the military has a, has a drought of people. There aren't enough people going in. So they lower the standards. So we get fatter people and people that aren't as bright and driven and thoughtful and a whole bunch more. But let's look at the video of some of the military age people coming into this country right now, right now that might be in the, uh, the Navy and the Army and the rest of it.
for the record, we did not put that music in. It was just on the clip, focus on the video people, although that did sound, that felt like the beginning of a video game or something. The point is, again, we have no idea who these people are. We are letting them not only into our country, but then into the military. And then to Brett's broader point, which is connected to his earlier point, that we have systems and layers and layers of systems that it took years and years and decades and generations to build. And then suddenly when you do things like put wokeism in the military, and then we have men dressed up as women who are in charge of a bunch of people who just got to America, who we have no idea what they believe. Do you think that might become a problem for the military? Well, not only do we have a problem with the military, but now, um, well, check this out. This is from Bill Malusian. You guys know Bill from Fox. He's one of the, he's, he's an actual great journalist who's always on the border reporting what's going on there. Uh, and this administration is now blackmailing the entire country for not signing this bi quote unquote bipartisan deal. New, following failure of the border deal, Washington Post reports that ICE has drafted plans to mass release thousands of detainees and drastically slash its detention capacity from 38,000 to 22,000 due to a 700 million budget shortfall the bill would have erased. The border legislation provided $6 million in supplemental funding for ICE enforcement operations and would have increased detention capacity to 50000 Now it appears ICE is preparing to slash capacity to less, of, less than half of that money and save money by conducting more mass releases at the same time that its $95 billion foreign aid package just passed the Senate. Okay, you really need to understand this. The Biden administration, which obviously is in charge of ICE ultimately, and ICE's only job is to deal with illegal immigrants and catch them and figure out what to do with them, because they didn't get the border deal passed, this, this craptastic border deal, bipartisan border deal, uh, because they didn't get it passed, now they've decided, okay, so we're just gonna release 16,000 more people that we've got locked up. We're just gonna let, that. it's extortion. It's actually extortion. Joe Biden, also should be in jail. These people should be in jail. They are not abiding by the, the very constitution they swore to protect uh, when they took their oath of office. Um, so, okay, congratulations. We got another 16,000. I know 16,000 is not a big number relative to what's going on here, uh, but uh, you might go, all right, Dave, come on, another 16,000. Who cares? These people are very helpful. They do nice things for us. They do jobs we don't wanna do. And check this out, this is wild. This is from a local news station. This is just fantastic. Here's a woman who took in some illegals and she's very excited about it because now she has a personal chef. It's great, it's just great. She felt bad as any mother would. Now things are looking much brighter as they've been welcomed into Lisa Hillenbrand's Brookline apartment. Tu niña es muy... Alegre ahora. Sí, muy alegre. Cuando se levanta en la mañana, se dice, ay, Lisa. Oh. <laughs> she says her daughter yeah, is very happy. Yeah. When she wakes up in the morning, she says, hi, Lisa, and everyone starts the day smiling. It's a delight, and it's really fun having them. What I realized is there's so much prejudice against refugees, mostly because people don't know them. Lisa says she feels like she has her own personal chef, as Wildande loves cooking. Te gusta? I can't take much more of this. You know, we're off next week. We're taking off for President's Week, and I think it's just right. Like, th th this is so insane. That, well, if people just knew more of these people. She basically just brought in a slave. <laughs> That's what she did. She brought in a couple of slaves, gave the kid a couple toys, and now this woman cooks for her. 
not a terrible idea. I pay you schmucks. I mean, it's like, why don't I, why don't I get, can't we get one of these illegals to come give me a foot massage while I'm doing the show? You know, that would be a pleasure. What if I had just like a 24 hour foot massage guy? It's, it is absolutely insane. And you know what? I, I, look, the, the people that she has in her house are probably perfectly fine people. That is not the point. But one day when someone that allows these people in, uh, they gets beheaded, we might go, oh, well, I guess we should have thought about that a bit more. Anyway, let's connect this to the wider thing happening in the country because there is a connection between the woke insanity, the globalist lunatics that are ushering this in, the people that want open borders and everything else. Uh, and when you, when you see it, like once you see those pieces come together, I think it actually, you become a little bit saner or something like that. Uh, here's Brett explaining how the attempt to usher in woke racial politics actually will just lead to more division, which kinda would be what you want if you're trying to take out nation states. You would want as much division as possible. So people would be like, oh my God, there's chaos on the streets, all hell breaking loose. Please save us globalists, save us. But what's fascinating is that they're using this as like you're saying to kill the goose to, the, the, that lays the golden egg. They're using all of these utopian social ideas and using them in this, very weird authoritarian way and the people that are most promoting it are the people that are in control of all these systems these are the people that are in control of the military industrial complex the people in control of the pharmaceutical companies they're the ones that they want this struggle to be going on between people they want this false sense that white supremacy is the number one problem that we, we face on, in America right now. In a country where we elected a black man twice. Well, it's just nonsense. Yeah. And it's, I think it promotes racism. Even the, the goal of that itself to aspire to a colorblind society is somehow racist. Was, that doesn't make any sense. I think it's a pretty good, this is exactly why I'm concerned that these people just don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Right. They tried to create racial strife to distract from their uh, their bankruptcy, their moral bankruptcy. Right. They were staving off the French Revolution by getting us to turn on each other. Well, that worked a little bit for a while, but it also created a lot of interest in talking about what they were up to. Okay. So it's the last part there that I wanted to hit on there. So you all get that the woke stuff is bad and that the neo-racism and all the gender stuff, that that's all bad. Brett's point at the end is, well, now a whole bunch of us know about it. More and more people are talking about it. Joe Rogan's show eclipses what CNN does every single day. This show now eclipses what CNN primetime does every single day. Uh, I, just to give you a sense of sort of the numbers on that, if I could just pat my back for just one second. We looked at our January numbers from two years ago. We more than 10X'd it, almost, almost 15X'd our January numbers uh, in two years. So people are waking up, they're getting their information in a new way, and they're realizing, oh, we, it's not, this really isn't about just us turning on each other on the streets. The strings are being pulled one way by, by somebody. The strings are being pulled by somebody. And I think now we're all starting to see how those strings are being pulled and who is pulling them. Uh, but the, the problem is, that when Brett talks about those systems, our systems have now been so infected that, that it's like, can they be saved? I think that's what most people are thinking. It's like, can a place like Harvard be saved? Does it even matter? 
Okay, maybe it doesn't matter if Harvard can be saved, but what about our cities right now where crime is running rampant and people are getting shot and there are fentanyl crises and homeless people everywhere? The people that are in charge are all infected with the woke mind virus. One of the places that is, is most infected is Chicago. Uh, and Chicago has a, a black mayor, his name is Brandon Johnson. I only mention that he's black because last week when he was being questioned about why things are so shitty in Chicago, he was like, well, I got a black wife and I got black kids and I gotta take them to soccer and you know, you guys are coming after me, but you know, have you ever dealt with a black wife? In essence, that's what he said. Uh, uh, well, here he is now, and if you wanna see how they destroy systems, when you get the bad ideas into people's brains, how they destroy the entire system, uh, he is now paying $17 million of taxpayer money. So they're taking money from people of all colors of their skin, and they are going to give that money to non-white businesses. This is illegal. This is illegal, but they're gonna do it. They're gonna give the money to non-white businesses so that they can feed illegals. This is like a chat GPT version of stupidity, go. The $17 million investment uh, for these 18 black and brown small businesses is really the, um, it really captures what I call the soul of Chicago. It's who we are. Last May, the city of Chicago called on the food depository to help feed new arrivals. All right, so the soul of Chicago is racist and or stupid. I mean, that's what it is, and illegal. They are taking taxpayer dollars to then give it to businesses of a certain color who are owned by a certain color's uh, people to then feed people who are not legally here. Do you think that's a problem? And again, it's just one of the systems. When you talk about the many systems, it's just one of the systems and that thing is wholly infected. It's why when I talk about New York City and everyone's like, well, when can it hit rock bottom? How much worse can it get? Well, you show me people that can now fix it because the systems have been so rotted out. And what would that rock bottom be? I think we'd hate to know what that rock bottom is that would turn it around. But it gets worse in Chicago. Uh, Chicago where people, again, black people being shot every week, killed every week, nobody cares because it's black on black crime. Here's Mayor Brandon Johnson once again. Uh, he's decided to end the use of ShotSpotter. This was a technology that they were using to figure out where people were being shot because so many people were being shot. Well, we're not gonna use that anymore in Chicago. The campaign promise fulfilled. Mayor Brandon Johnson is ending the city's use of the controversial gunfire surveillance system known as ShotSpotter. The city's contract with the company behind ShotSpotter expires on Friday, and the police will stop using the technology September 22nd, about a month after the Democratic National Convention. A city statement said, Moving forward, Chicago will deploy its resources on the most effective strategies and tactics proven to accelerate the current downward trend in violent crime. Listen, there are reasons to be wary of these technologies and cameras all over the place and everything else, but like the last thing Chicago needs, and everyone knows it, is for the police to have less tools to figure out who's shooting who, when they're doing it, where they're doing it, and everything else. It's completely insane, but Chicago is on the path. You are on the path if you live in Chicago, and I highly recommend you get out. But of course, it's not just Chicago. Uh, New York City, we showed you the video from a week or week and a half ago or so of the illegals who beat the crap out of the cops. Well, check this out. This is from Libs of TikTok. Uh, this is Darwin Andres Gomez Izquierdo, 19, an illegal who was arrested earlier this month after he beat up uh, NYPD cops. He was released without bail. He was just arrested again for helping organize a robbery at Macy's. Democrats, no bail policies in action. They're letting illegals terrorize American citizens. So this kid 
beats the crap out of a cop, gets out, now he's breaking into a Macy's, like, I didn't even know Macy's still existed. It's nice to know there's a couple Macy's out there. But this is what they are going to do, and it is a plan, and it is not, it is not, um, it is not just magically here, right? And they are just gonna keep doing it. But guys, the point is that decline is a choice. And you know what? We're not choosing it here in Florida. We're actually choosing the complete reverse, which is why people don't wander into Lululemon and, stick, and steal a tank top, as tempting as it may be, because you will be shot. Here's Ron DeSantis on how we're doing when it comes to crime and theft and the rest of it. If you think about just this issue of retail theft, uh, $112 billion was lost in 2022 alone just from, from retail theft. And I would be willing to bet you the lion's share of that is because of policies that have facilitated retail theft that have basically turned a blind eye to the theft and effectively uh, has legalized uh, this type of shoplifting. So that's a lot of money uh, that, that is going out. And it's not just the money. It's what it does to the culture. It's what it does to the rule of law. Yeah, that's the point. It's what it does to the culture and the rule of law. Oh, you just let some people steal some stuff. Yeah, you can steal $950 worth of stuff out of Best Buy. You steal 951, you might have a problem, but you kind of know you're not gonna have a problem with that either. And then over time, you just get kind of worse people in your cities. And then nobody really wants to pay for anything. And then you know what happens? Your drugstores start being empty. And then the corporate uh, company, Walgreens is like, you know what, let's get out of Oakland because uh, there's nothing left in our stores. We can't make a dime. So the point is, the more woke you go, the more crime you get, and the worse culture you get. And we do have a cultural problem. Uh, th this story is just absolutely disastrous from yesterday. So the Kansas City Chiefs obviously won the Super Bowl, and there was the big parade yesterday, uh, and there was a shooting. 22 people were shot at the Super Bowl parade. Our uh, KCFD units, along with our mutual aid partners that were working to assist us at this event, touched a total of 22 gunshot victims. One of those was a fatality. Um, we had eight what we considered immediately life-threatening patients. We had seven with uh, life-threatening injuries, and we had six that were had minor injuries. Of the most serious, the immediately life-threatening injuries. We had eight of those. Those were all transported and off the scene and route to hospitals within 10 minutes. Um, so we felt the response was certainly adequate and appropriate, and I commend all our staff working there today, along with PD, that did an excellent job under difficult circumstances. Okay, so you know how the game goes. Now the media and the Democrats and everybody else will say, we need to get rid of guns. We need to get rid of guns. We need more gun laws. Da, 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 da. We have all of the laws. It's always bad guys who usually get the guns illegally in the first place and often are on SSRIs and a whole bunch more. Uh, so it's not about guns, right? If, you, if a gun is just sitting on your desk and you're not a crazy person, you're not gonna pick up that gun and shoot up a whole bunch of people at a Super Bowl party or at a kindergarten or elsewhere. Anyway, here's video of the shooter uh, getting tackled by uh, some good people, because there are good people out there.
And you know what, I'd like to give that guy a little bit more credit. So here is a true American hero. It is the guy who tackled the shooter explaining why he did it. One guy was hollering and saying, you know, stop him, or catch him, you know, tackle him, whatever. And he's just, just bailing running. And out of nowhere, I heard that guy hollering. So I'm just like, okay, well, I'm right here. And I just, I didn't think about it. It was just a reaction. I didn't hesitate. It was just, just do it. So I went to go tackle him and another gentleman did the same thing. And as I'm tackling him, I see his weapon either fall out of his hand or out of his sleeve because he was wearing a long jacket or like a Carhartt. So when I seen that hit the ground, I'm like, oh, you know, we got to take this guy down. And so, like I said, I did and another good Samaritan did. And Just a good man, just a good man who saw something and did something. Most people freeze up, most people look the other way, most people run, he did the right thing. Let's find, if we can find that guy, let me, I'll send him something, we'll, we'll do something for him. Um, Ian Miles Chong on Twitter uh, posted a picture of one of the shooters and made an interesting point. Uh, this is one of the shooters at the KC Chiefs celebration. Watch the news not talk about who he is or what he did and for the media to go back to harping about January 6th and Charlottesville. So look, I, I don't know this guy's motives, um, but I think you see what the broader point there is. The, if this was a white guy who did it, particularly with a, a certain type of red hat, we all know that from months what the narrative would be, but this story is gonna go away pretty damn quickly. Was this even covered on CBS last night or ABC or NBC local news? How much time is CNN covering it? Did any of them, MSNBC anchors who are on Twitter, did any of them even tweet about it or show the person? But they love narrative more than truth. So the question is, how do we fight back against the machine? And the machine is the media, it's the WEF, it's all of the far left politicians and the progressives who have been so brainwashed and confused that they are ushering in what Brett is saying could lead to the extinction of the United States which I would prefer not happen. Uh, well, here's Brett explaining that a bunch of people are coming together right now, and uh, now we've got a little juice uh, behind it because of a certain billionaire. There's now a, a very influential, if not powerful, group of people across a wide spectrum discussing what those elites are up to, right? We even, I think, have elites of our own. I, I can't be certain, but Musk doesn't look like he's on their team to me. He's not on their team. That's what I think. He's restless. He's a fun guy to have at the helm. And I think uh, he looks at the, he looks at what is being plotted against us and sees it as a fun challenge to confront it. So that. Yeah. And he has the resources to do it, unlike most people, and has the courage to do something like completely overpay for Twitter and then have the advertisers lock him out and literally in a discussion with, with the guy from the New York Times, he goes, go fuck yourself. Go fuck, let me be clear, go fuck yourself. Yep. He makes memes, he posts memes. Like when you post that meme of Bill Clinton, excuse me, of Bill Gates next to the emoji of a pregnant man and said, <laughs> when you wanna lose a boner real quick. Yeah. <laughs> that's wild. Because you can't even say, oh, fuck that guy, he's a dumbass. It's literally one of the smartest human beings alive and the wealthiest man alive. Right. And he's dunking on you on a platform that he owns now. Right. <laughs> There's that. I also, as much as it's juvenile. Um, I love it. There was I am something. juvenile. 
No, it's it, the one where he uh, he was asked for comment by one of these legacy media outlets. I don't know if it was the New York Times, but it might as well have been. And he sent back a poop emoji. And it's like, look, that's a wise move because the rules of the game say, you know, he refused to comment. Right. But you can't say that if he did comment and it was a poop emoji. You have to report that. <laughs> so that was extremely clever. Yeah. All right, so Brett is making a point, they're both making a point, that there is this group now, and I think you're in this group, right? If you're watching this, there's a whole bunch of people that are waking up to this, a whole bunch of people that are realizing that it, our little political differences don't matter, that reality is what matters. And also, I like the point that they're making, which is like a little comedy might help along the way. It's why I try to do the show the way I do it because it's like, oh, if you can see through this nonsense and if you can be entertained by it to some extent, you won't be endlessly miserable, right? And misery is one of the things that is, that is combining these people, that is coalescing all of these people. They make the systems fail, they make it get worse on the streets, they put crime out there and everything else, they make everybody sick, and then they go, oh, look at all these miserable people, and miserable people want to find answers. So I just wanna throw to one more clip. Uh, this is Bill Gates. Uh, who is part of the World Economic Forum, Bill Gates, who created Windows. Remember Windows back in the 80s, 90s on, on the PC? It was the first sort of visually interesting thing that you could look at on a PC. Before that, it was all text, DOS, uh, DOS text. He creates Windows. Uh, Windows, of course, gets completely overrun by viruses. Does that seem a little odd to you? And then Bill Gates starts making a lot of money on antivirus software. It's, it's so weird. Uh, anyway, here he is on the One World Government plan to be prepared for the next pandemic. I think we've shown you this one, but it's worth watching again. We need to be prepared for the next pandemic. We were not prepared for COVID-19, so we need to do better. And we need to be committed to make sure all tools get out to everyone in the world. China's expertise and resources and manufacturing capacities will help us meet those needs. Oh yes, yes, we weren't prepared last time. Somehow you got much richer. Somehow you're the number one farm owner, farmland owner in the United States and everything else. And you know what? We can make fun of them all we want and we can point out the holes in his arguments and his craziness and how he became rich off all our backs. But at the end of the day, what you need is a meme. And uh, here is Elon Musk. In case you need to lose a boner fast, and yes, it is Bill Gates as the pregnant man emoji, and I guess it is worth ending the show making note, men cannot get pregnant. Sorry. Uh, guys, my full interview with uh, Senator from Tennessee, Marsha Blackburn, is up right now across platforms. Post-game show, about 30 seconds, rubenreport.locals.com. Connor, are you feeling worse or better than when the show started? The show made him better. That's what we, we cure COVID here at the Rubin Report. They infect you with disease X, we cure the disease. All right, see you on the other side. Oh, dude. Dude, no. Balenciaga just released this dope ass hoodie. Oh my God. Gay pride hoodie for pride month. Only $900, dude. That's highway robbery. That's a steal, dude. Pride month is back. Dude, remember that salad place that we like down the street? You'll never guess what they just dropped. Mother pride salad, bitch. I'm literally just sitting here scrolling through Twitter. Amazon, dude. Celebrate with pride. We all stand together. Ugh. 
Jeff Bezos is such a sweetheart. Sometimes I wish that there was a Jeff Bezos month so I could donate to him. I was just about to catch an Uber home. No way. Rainbow line for pride. Dude. Dude, that thin little rainbow line, 30 days a year. Pride is about, that's what pride's about, dude. And brands, I love brands. I love brands. I love billion dollar corporations. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.